on today's episode of the podcast, I share the journey of how we made our way to the farm that we are just moving into this week. This was a dream of mine for years. So I talk a lot about the process of manifestation and a little bit about my own journey when it comes to having a huge dream and then taking action steps to realizing that and making that happen. I also talk about our tendency to minimize our joy and how oftentimes when we have many good things come our way at the same time, there's a little voice in the back of our heads telling us to not speak too loudly about it or to be careful because it could all be taken away. It's so important that we allow ourselves to stand tall in our gratitude and in our blessings and in our joy, that we actually appreciate what we have while we have it. I think it's an interesting podcast, this one. I absolutely loved sharing this kind of crazy story with you. Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Hello, 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 my darlings. Hi, welcome back to the show. I am looking out at what is just the most magical view. I, 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 I've been sitting here in this chair for like 10 minutes, just staring out the window in awe of the beauty of this day. In Sweden, where we are right now, it snowed for two days straight. It didn't stop snowing all night. And we got to wake up to this magical, magical winter wonderland. And it's really freezing cold. It's, I think, four degrees Fahrenheit now. I think minus 15. Dennis said this morning when he he got up really early at like six to go biking. (laughs) This man, he said the car said it was minus 23 degrees Celsius, which I think is like one degree Fahrenheit or something absolutely crazy. So it's super cold and we got so much snow, which means the snow is really fluffy and soft. And the sun has been shining all day. It's this beautiful, beautiful weather. The sunrise this morning was just pink and orange. And it was like golden hour, but all morning long in the snow. It's just, it's so beautiful. (laughs) I'm having a hard time getting anything done today because I keep looking outside like, oh my God, (laughs) I just want to be out there. But it's also so cold that it's kind of hard to be out there. Like you don't want to go for a long walk or anything like that because it really, really is so freezing cold. 
but so beautiful. So that's my view in this moment. If I look beyond the window I'm looking out at right now and I and I look around the room, things are not as beautiful. <laughs> we are in the middle of a move. In the middle of a really yeah, I I mean, tell me any move that is not crazy and chaotic and overwhelming and hard. Even if you are very organized and you've been meticulous with your stuff and you have lots of time and space and patience, it's still a shit show whenever you are moving or switching homes. And we have been in this place now for the past couple of weeks where we are preparing to move, but we don't have a final date set for when we can actually get into the new house. Uh, Which also means I haven't been able to pack properly because we still need to live and, you know, (laughs) live in all of our stuff for now. So I've just kind of been trying to pack superfluous things and things I know we can do without. But it's just at this like very messy stage right now. And of course, Christmas is coming up. This is like, it's, it's a terrible time to move. It really is. And I haven't really told you about this farm, like we're moving to a farm. A lot of things are happening. I haven't told you the story of how we found this place. I'm gonna, today's the day I'm gonna bring you up to speed with kind of our new lives as farmers. (laughs) Our new lives, like why are we moving? We live in a beautiful place right now. Why would we ever leave? Why are we looking for something else? Like how did that happen? I'm gonna tell you that whole story. And (laughs) I think I just need to, I just need to kind of start from the beginning. So when we left Aruba, which actually is something that has been very fresh and on my mind over the past few weeks, Dennis and I started going to couples therapy. I haven't talked about that either. I really feel like we're old friends and like I have so much to catch you up on somehow, even though I feel like I tell you so much all the time. But we started going to couples therapy a couple of weeks back. We had our first session when we were in Aruba just now. We were there in November for what was supposed to be a vacation, but did not in any way. (laughs) Probably the least enjoyable trip anywhere we've ever had, (laughs) I must say. And I can say that with like a smile now because everything's fine. But yeah, it was was a very, 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 very hard journey for us to to go back to, to the island. And I realized I had this, I think I shared a little bit on the pod when we arrived. We just arrived back at this absolute shit show after having been away from Aruba, where he's lived his entire life. And I lived like a decade and a half almost, you know, I was there for almost 13 years. And we arrived back to the island thinking we were going to have some beautiful reunion and we're going to enjoy the sun and just have this beautiful time there. And basically, we just stepped back into the same chaotic shit show that we left a year earlier. And we both realized really quickly that, okay, we have a lot to deal with. We have a lot to process and move through around this move, around the mold, around the fact that I was really ill, around the fact that we had to throw away and let go of almost all of our belongings, the whole journey and the very slow unfolding trauma that 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 whole year was we haven't processed it. And we've been okay. We've had a good year in Sweden. It's been calm. We haven't been fighting. But we also haven't been healing. And I think sometimes that's just necessary if you go through something really challenging. 
especially with a partner. You know, everything in relationship is harder, of course, because relating to people that we love intimately is going to trigger old wounding and insecurities and fears that we've been carrying our entire lives. I mean, that's just the deal. Relationships can be a huge catalyst for transformation and healing, and they can also just bring up all the old stuff that we feel it's just too much for us to, to, to manage. So we got to Aruba, things got really hard, and I was like, okay, well, we need to talk to somebody. It was just, I don't know anybody. I mean, I know a lot of you listening, you're married or you've had your partner for a long time, and there... <laughs> There has been very few moments in mine and Dennis's relationship where we've arrived at like a standstill, where we have all of a sudden, you know, we're so deep in a fight or so deep in an issue or a problem where it's like, I can't see the path. You know, I can't see the way out. Like even in our worst fights or just shittiest cycles that we've been through, there's always like a forward momentum, right? There's always like a fighting and a healing or we're going through this stuff and we're talking about it and figuring it out and moving through it. But what I really felt or what we both really felt when we got to Aruba was like this issue that we have here, this old unhealed thing from over a year ago, we're just stuck. Like it really was. We were just stuck. We got to a place where we couldn't even talk about it. It was so triggering for him in certain ways and triggering for me in other ways that anytime we try to kind of broach the subject and get back so that we can clear things up and get to a better place, we just got stuck. And that was kind of a scary place to be because I haven't had that experience with him ever. I mean, he's the love of my life, the father of my, oh my God, the father of my children. I've never said that before. <laughs> I've only ever said the, the father of my child, right? Or my daughter, but we're going to have two I am very committed to him, you know, very completely 100% committed to him. And that feeling of, oh, we have an issue and I don't know how to fix it. Like that is a scary place to be. And we've talked about couples therapy for a long time. I mean, for years, he's always been open to it. I've always been open to it. I've always had that idea that, of course, it makes so much sense to go to therapy together as a couple and you don't ha doesn't have to mean that something is severely wrong or you're about to get divorced or something is terrible. It's an investment in the relationship. The same way I continue going to therapy for myself, even when I'm not when I'm not unwell, right? Even when I'm feeling great, when I have a good year, when I have a good month, like I still go because it's that continuous investment in myself. And I know that actually some of the deepest work I do. I do when things are going, when things are fine, right? When I'm actually steady, when I'm grounded and I can objectively look at, at, at myself and my past and my triggers and my stuff. And then of course, having therapy there as this steady thing, when things are really hard and all of a sudden I don't feel well, I have that amazing tool and that support system to reach for, right? So I always knew like, of course it makes sense to do that as a couple, but there's something about couples therapy that feels somehow like scarier <laughs> I don't know and I'm not one to like shy away from emotion or anything like that I'm an open book I'm, I'm it's easy for me to go to a vulnerable space but I don't know why we haven't gone earlier to be honest if it's been hesitation or fear or that we just felt like we didn't need it or yeah I don't know but I feel so good about the fact that we're going now 
um, that we have someone <laughs> to talk to. So we've been doing individual sessions, each of us, and then a session together, and then individual sessions, each of us, and then a session together. So we kind of get to work through something together, and then we get to go process it on our own, and then we come back together for another session. And the whole <laughs> journey of how we how we changed our lives, like how we got to Sweden, is very, very fresh in my mind and in my heart because we're talking about it a lot. And I've kind of felt over the past, it's almost been two years now since we found out we had toxic mold in the house and this whole unraveling of our normalcy began. I mean, it was March 2021. So over a year and a half ago, it's going to be two years and a couple months. And I've been talking about it so much. You know, I've shared about it a lot. I've been here on the podcast processing it a lot talking about it with friends a lot, talking about it in therapy a lot. But what I haven't done, what we haven't done, is I haven't been talking to Dennis about it a lot. We went through this thing. It was horrible. And we were kind of forced to go through it. And then when we were finally done and it was kind of over with, we just we just put it away, <laughs> you know? The way we do sometimes, the way we have to sometimes to cope when we feel overwhelmed or like it's too much and when we got to Sweden it was just it became this thing that well we don't have to talk about this anymore it's so sensitive it's so painful every time we go there it becomes kind of a fight in some way like we have a very hard time journeying back to that place in a non-reactive way because we have very different experiences like we went through the same thing but we experienced it very very differently and I've just realized now through through therapy, how how big this whole thing actually was and how different of an experience it was for Dennis compared to me. And even though, and this is what's kind of hard, I think, to, to balance, for me, the feeling I have is that things are so much better now. I'm so happy in Sweden like Dennis is also very happy in Sweden. He's not in the same place as me in terms of feeling settled. But overall, like when I ask, like he doesn't want to live in Aruba anymore. He doesn't want to move back. He's not in that place where like this was a wrong decision. He's just still processing our move and getting settled here, you know. But for me, so much is so much better. So why would I journey back and like complain about old stuff? Like I'm just so grateful to be here now in this amazing plays in our lives like all of a sudden we're pregnant again and we're moving to a farm and <laughs> there's snow everywhere and like life feels so much easier and lighter and, and beautiful and that I guess is why now this older stuff this past stuff is surfacing because we're probably ready to process right I think that's kind of how how healing works. We can put things away and then all of a sudden we find something old that we thought we didn't have to deal with anymore. It rears its head when the timing's right. And we can choose to answer that call and go, okay, well, I have something unsolved here, something unhealed here. Can I, in little steps, journey back to that place to, to work this through? And once we have and we've fully processed and we've felt those feelings and we've 
moved through it instead of around it, which is what we do when we put it away. That's when we'll be done. And then life doesn't have to continue bringing us that similar situation or those triggers anymore because we're done with it, right? So anyway, yeah, this is just a little little sidebar about therapy and kind of where we are and because it very much relates to this journey of the house and this farm and everything. I uh, It's been a while since I had Dennis on the show. I would love to have him on. I think we need, we're going to do more, some more weeks of just working through this stuff together. Um, he's also the kind of person who doesn't like to talk about stuff when he hasn't figured them out yet. So yeah, but eventually I'm sure he'll come on and we can talk about kind of like how this process has been because I got a lot of questions from all of you from many of you on social media when I mentioned that we're going together like wow and a lot of people say, saying oh, tons oh I, I always wanted to do that but we never did and I think a lot of couples have that in common like we're all interested and it sounds like a good idea but then yeah we're busy and life happens and we don't go but I highly recommend it <laughs> mega recommend it immediately all it took for us was one session and we were out of that standstill one session for him to feel heard and seen and for me to feel heard and seen and we were able to yeah to get the wheels kind of turning again and that that forward momentum again I super super recommend it and you can find people online that like you don't even have to do that thing where you like travel somewhere and go sit in a waiting room and sit in an awkward chair like you can do it online and just like do it from home it's it's it, it, yeah there's so much are you ready for spring i sure am over here in sweden i make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day but in the winter that can be really hard and your body will feel the effect of that did you know that 97 of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin d from their diet Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. Rituals multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Okay, so back to the farm and the journey, the journey here. So when we were going through the whole mold situation in 2021. We, we've been talking about this in therapy, but we basically found out or what I had been suspecting for a long time that yes, we had toxic mold in the house and we had to move out almost overnight. I think we had two days and then we were just out and we never, we never came back. 
you know, our, our lives as we knew it in this home that we loved was just over and, and gone. And uh, we had to move to, yeah, we moved to an Airbnb or, or found a rental. And then I think a couple weeks later, we came back and we were wearing hazmat suits. And we came back to clear out and empty the house and get rid of everything we owned. You know, it was a very yeah, highly intense process. And figuring out how to remediate the house and how to yeah, do that whole process, which took months to do. And also because we were in such a difficult place just between Dennis and I. It was so, yeah, for, for me, because I was so ill, I was so severely ill. Like at this stage, I was throwing up phlegm. Like I would wake up in the morning choking on my own phlegm to the point of not being able to breathe. And I would like wake up and go vomit. <laughs> I was so ill and beginning the process of detoxing and all of this. And I was so worried about Dennis's health and so worried about Leia. It was just very, very acute, everything. And Dennis, of course, was super worried that we are losing our whole entire lives. Like we're losing our home, we're losing our things, we're losing our normalcy, our routine. He's very much a, a man of consistency. He doesn't like change. He holds a lot of value in things he can tangibly touch. So for him to also letting go of things and items and things like that is much harder than it was for me. So anytime we would have to talk about mold, it triggered in me this feeling of not being believed that I was unwell and that I was sick. And it triggered in him this feeling of he's losing everything and, and like, I don't even care, you know. So we were just like constantly triggering each other, fighting. And it was just a very, very, very hard time. So... We decided that Leah and I would go somewhere, just go to get a break, go somewhere where, where we could just, yeah, get some space from each other and from the mold and from the house and from all of this. And that he would stay in Aruba and figure things out. Um, and it was kind of clear that like he can do that without better, without me there interfering. And um and I needed that space to just like get away from this whole mess. So we decided that, okay, Leah and I were going to go to Sweden. I don't know how we chose Sweden. I think I'd been, had been missing Sweden for a little while. And it was April. So I knew, you know, springtime and summer is coming and it would be wonderful to be with family and to be with friends. And so we decided, okay, we're going to go. And then Dennis would join us a couple months later. And when we got to Sweden, I found this little Airbnb I think through someone DMing me, <laughs> I think the owner's daughter, someone in the family who owned this little Airbnb DM'd me and said, hey, if you're looking, because I'd said like we're looking for something, I just had this vision, like if I, if I could envision a safe haven from this chaos, what I could envision was like a little cabin or like a little red Swedish cottage. We have these summer style, like we call them summer, like little summer houses all over the country in this very particular red color with white nooks and white, white corners. And I saw it in the forest somewhere by a lake somewhere. And I just envisioned like forest and cold water and maybe a fireplace, like things I hadn't connected with or, or you know, at all touched in so long like I had completely yeah I was very very far away from my Swedish roots from Swedish nature from Swedish weather and then I got this DM like we have this little Airbnb why don't you check it out and it was gorgeous it was a tiny 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 little place <laughs> I don't know can't remember how small but it was 
literally so tiny. Like when Dennis arrived, he couldn't stand up properly in this house. But Leah and I went. One of my best friends joined us there. She was there like the day before, cleaning it up and stocking the fridge and cooking for us. It was so sweet. And we spent two months, I think, in this place out in the middle of nowhere. Like we didn't have any neighbors. You could be naked on this property all day and just did exactly that. Like swimming in the cold, the cold lake, walking through the woods every day, lighting fires at night. And I think back at that time now, and it was so special. Like finding that little slice of paradise was so serendipitous. It really was a, a falling in love back with this country for me. It was a first time ever exploration of Sweden for Leia. And I just knew like this is this is going to be our future. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know how we're going to figure this out. I didn't know if Dennis was going to be on board. I just knew like, I don't like, we're going to have a new chapter somewhere. I know it's not going to be Aruba. I've given Aruba 12, almost 13 years of my life. I'm ready to go back home. And from that moment, I started looking at properties in Sweden. And in the beginning, I would go on this app. I think it's the biggest like home searching app in, in Sweden. It's called Hemnet. And I would just put like as area or location, I would put Sweden, <laughs> the whole country, like top to bottom. Like I really didn't care. Back then I had no real like yearning. I wasn't thinking I have to be close to my parents or my siblings. Like, no, I just, I just, I just need like a little cottage on a lake in the woods. I don't care where it is. And of course, the further away you go from big cities, the cheaper it is. So I was looking, I was looking way up north. I was looking, you know, an eight, nine hour drive from Stockholm. I, I did not care. I was like, I'm not looking at this for social reasons or work. I'm just like, we need to like be here and heal. And then of course I was, I would also look like close to Stockholm. I just couldn't see how we would financially swing it at that time. This was before... Yeah, we had to put all of our savings to, into saving the house. And this was before we even knew if we were able, would be able to save our house. And it turned out really beautiful because we were able to save the house. Dennis turned it into an Airbnb and slowly it became a source of revenue for us. It, it really was like lemons to the most amazing lemonade. Um, and that was something we had never thought of in our whole entire lives. Like I had never in a million years thought ever that we would even think about renting our house because... I just, I just, it wasn't in my, yeah, I just never had that thought. And then, but then we didn't know that it would become that kind of a blessing. So I was really nervous about money and how would we do it? So I would just look everywhere. And then I had this criteria as like, I wanted privacy, so no neighbors. And then I would search as close to any source of water that I could find, like a river or a lake or the ocean or whatever I could find. And I was searching and searching and looking and looking. And there was a Eventually, you know, as a couple months progressed and then Dennis came and joined us in Sweden and then we spent the whole summer here and I started bridging this idea. Like I think our, like, it doesn't have to be, be forever. I'm not saying we're going to, the next choice we make is going to be our long-term forever plan, but I think we should explore Sweden as a next step. And maybe that's a year or two, maybe it's five years, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just like we, we settle there for six months just to like figure out what are we going to do with our lives. But I really feel like Sweden is the next place and he loves it here. He always had a thought like eventually 
we'll live in Sweden. We just didn't think it would happen so abruptly, you know. And we found a couple of properties that we really loved. We didn't visit any. I'm trying to remember why. Probably because we didn't have funding. (laughs) We couldn't see like how we could get a loan for a house. Um, Our old house wasn't generating any money yet. We didn't know what was going to happen there. So we didn't have any kind of source of... Yeah, so I think we ended up finding a few places, but they were pricey and we just couldn't see the path forward. So we didn't go see something, but we knew what we wanted. And for a while, this Airbnb that I had found, this first place we went... I was convinced that this is the place. Like, it's not something like this. It's this place. And the owners started telling me that they wanted to sell and they'd been looking to sell for a long time. And now looking back, I feel like they were leading me on a little bit, to be honest, (laughs) maybe because they wanted me to really rent long term or maybe because they liked us and a little part of them wanted to sell. But I don't think they ever would have, to be honest. But I got my hopes way up. (laughs) I mean, I was visualizing and journaling and meditating and trying to manifest like it's this property. And there was something about it. This property was, well, first of all, it was on the water and it was almost like a little peninsula and it had only a tiny, tiny, tiny little cottage on it. Really small. I mean, even there was just like one like loft to sleep and, and, and then the kitchen and like nothing else. But you could build. There was, a, there was a bigger house on that property that had burnt down and, and you could get a permit to rebuild that house. But it was on this little peninsula. So there was just a lot of lake area around. It was almost like you were on a little island. You can look all around. And then there was a lawn, like a big grassy lawn that led all the way down to the water. And every day, Leah and I would go barefoot from the house, just in our robes, and walk down to the dock and go for a swim. And as we started looking at properties, we found variations of that. We found something, I mean, it was really hard. Of course, it's super hard. I mean, anywhere in the world to find something that's like close to the water or on the water. And when I did find something, it was never really that, you know, it was like, uh, yeah, there was, it was rocky or there wasn't a bit, or, or there wasn't like a lot of nature around. There was always something kind of missing. And I kept thinking about that first property, like, no, it's supposed to be like that, like that feeling that barefoot in the wild feeling with the water right there and a forest, like it became very particular. And then it was like, you're never going to find something like that. Like that's that property. You have to broaden your idea of what this is going to be. And so anyway, I just, I think because I spent a lot of time dreaming of that property and visualizing, I, I was kind of laying the groundwork for the farm, but I didn't know. Of course, I didn't know. I had no clue. I didn't know this farm, like where we're ending up now. I didn't know it existed. So anyway, fast forward a little bit to the very, very end of our trip in Sweden. So it's the end of the summer. Leia's about to start school. We had decided we're going back to Aruba because, of course, we have our dogs there. We had still like what's left of our lives there, the studio employees. We knew we couldn't just stay in Sweden and we hadn't found a place to live. So where where would we go? (laughs) I remember someone saying like, why don't you just like, move in with your dad or something. And I'm like, yeah, fat chance. (laughs) Like that is just, that's just, that wasn't even an option. Like I love my family and I'm really happy we live close to each other now. But this was like an indefinite time scenario and it would have been, yeah, it would not have been good. So I'm really glad we didn't like go for that as an option. 
But right at the very end of this whole like journey, and I'm looking at rentals, I'm looking everywhere I can find just to find something in Sweden for like a year. And right at that time, my dad, who lives like an hour from Stockholm, and he lives right next to my brother and my grandpa and my siblings are all here. So it's, it's like out in nature, it's these beautiful areas, but I hadn't even had a single thought of, yeah, I hadn't been looking in that area because I don't know why, now that I think of it, like, why wasn't I already choosing this as an area, you know, maybe because I was a little bit nervous to live closer to my family, I'd spent 10 years with this big distance between myself and my immediate family. I, and, and this side of the family, we get along super well, but I always found that we get along better with a little bit of distance. Like we don't have to live on top of each other and like be in each other's lives every day. Like the reason things work between us is because I have my own life and I do my own thing and I'm independent and like I don't need anything from anyone, you know? So I was hesitant, I think, just even the idea of being here. And at the very end of the trip, I remember finally like, okay, well, we want to come back here. We don't know where to live. So I called my dad and I asked for advice or for help. And he's a landowner. He has a property management company in this area. They have two farms here. One of the farms is where my brother lives. The other farm is like an old ancestral piece of land where, let me get this right. So it's my paternal grandmother's grandparents lived on and ran that farm like back in the 1800s something so my great 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 <laughs> I think grandparents I have to look at how many greats yeah but way 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 back and my dad is a quadruple Scorpio with like all the planets in the 12th house like he's very his his astrology like his birth chart is fascinating He's also, he also has a grand trine and fire. Like he's just like an interesting, complicated human. And a lot of his, a lot of his, like what he's created in his life really relates to ancestry, which is something we have so much in common now. We didn't when I was growing up, but now I am also so fascinated and really looking to have, to set roots in ways that connect with our ancestry and the fact that he bought this land where my great, great, great grandparents used to live, you know, and it's right where they're buried as well. And it's where our family was from, you know, so hundreds of years ago, literally. It's really beautiful. And and since he has land in this area and, and on some of those farms, there's like little barns and there's little houses and stuff like that. So I just called. I said, hey, you know, we're really looking for something and I've been looking in Stockholm and I've even been looking like way up north and we're having a hard time. Like, do you have any ideas or like, do you have anything? Any of the farms has like any little like barn we could rent or like borrow for a while while we figure stuff out. And then he said, why don't you like come over here and then like, let me give you a tour. Like you haven't seen what we've done with the farms and like with the space because I hadn't seen it in years. So like what they're doing here now. So we go, we go in the car, he ends up giving us like a three hour tour, just like driving around the land and driving around these farms and like the areas. And I find out like all these things I didn't know was happening, like all the things that they're creating, they're making a bakery is going to be here and they're making a, like a little farmer's store here. And then they're expanding this little like organic farming over here. Like he has a lot of really beautiful plants with this land that I didn't know. 
Like I just knew he's developing this land. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't. It doesn't have like a clear logical path because his past really isn't in farming or, or or land development in that way. And as he's showing me all of this space, I just had this big, big, big download of like we're looking for the same stuff. Like I'm looking for roots, and he's apparently spent the past like ten years of his life setting his roots where our roots already were, and. We're driving around these farms and he's showing us like there was one little very rundown house and we went inside and it was like not really livable, but like, yeah, maybe we could do like a really quick renovation here. Like it needed a new floor, maybe, but it was really like it wasn't livable. Like it, I couldn't really see it at the time, but it was kind of like a little option. It was right next to where my brother lives. And I was like, that's so sweet. That's so like kind like that you would offer that. And then he says, well, you know. There's this like complicated situation like at a property that's adjacent to the farm. We can go look at it and let me tell you the story. And I was like, complicated situation. He's like, yeah, well, let me tell you. So he starts telling me the story as we're driving over. So this is not on his land, but like fairly nearby. So the story is, and I'm going to not get too detailed or personal here, but that this, there was a property on the water that was owned by a family and it was two properties connected as one, like a little property in the middle, and then a farm kind of wrapping around it. And a family had lived there for 30 years. I think they had horses and they were raising their kids and just like a beautiful idyllic scenario. And then in later years, the dad of the family became ill and had to go live in a home. And the family got together. They had all the children had grown up and moved out. And the the mom or the lady of the of the farm was living alone in the place. And they all get together and they decide, okay, well, the time has come. You know, it's like a big place, and she's living there all alone. And it's better for them to to choose to sell. So the children, grown up children, owned this smaller property in the middle, and then the parents owned the, this farm that was kind of wrapping around it. And they get together, they put it on the market, they find a buyer. And this buyer was some guy that had a beautiful plan. He wanted to come. He also had like grown up kids and he wanted to have a place to retire is the story I've heard. And he was looking for like a big sized property somewhere close to the water where he could bring his kids and grandkids and yeah, like have lots of space. So they make the sale and this guy buys both properties together. And everybody's happy. Everybody moves along. This guy who bought the property starts putting a lot of money into the the first stages of developing that property. So he gets architects and they look into the water and the electricity and how to develop the land. And I think his plan was to divide the land into smaller lots, which to me just sounds a little bit weird, but it sounds like that was what this guy was planning to do. And then some time into this sale being completely finished and done, this woman, the, I don't know, I don't want to call her the lady of the farm. I don't know how else to say it. This woman, she changes her mind or something happens. And I don't know them, so I don't know what exactly the details here were. But she goes and she asks to have the, the whole sale reversed, which is really hard to do. Like I've looked into the legalities of this. It's very, very hard to do. Once you've sold something and money has been transferred and the whole, you know, papers are signed, like that's a done deal. But so she claimed that her husband wasn't of sound mind when the sale happened and she went to court and claimed that this was an 
unlawful sale that had happened. And maybe it was like, I really, I, I was not involved. So maybe it absolutely was. And it was like, it didn't happen the way it should have. Or maybe it did. And she just had changed her mind and didn't want to, didn't want to move anymore. Like no one knows what the story was. But so she goes to court, takes the case to court and wins. <laughs> so, which is really rare. Like I've spoken to a, to a lawyer about this and he was just like, this whole case is like a remarkable case. Like it's very rare that this happens. And in this full extension that it did. So basically this guy who had bought two properties because that was the value, it's, it's like to own that whole little slice of land, he had to give the big piece back and then was left with this little piece of land that he had bought from the kids because that sale wasn't reversed. So of course his whole dream of what he wanted to do with that farm just went up in smoke and he wasn't able to move forward. So what had happened was is that I don't know if he knew a realtor in the area or he knew someone who knew someone who knew my dad and knew that my dad had a lot of land in that area that he was like developing and expanding this like farm area that he has there and had called and said, hey, there's this weird situation that has happened, this like weird sell or sale that was reversed. And there's this small lot that is surrounded by a bigger farm that's owned by this woman but there's a small lot, like in the middle of her lot, <laughs> that is for sale. Because <laughs> this guy wanted to, of course, he wanted to get rid of that last piece because he couldn't do anything with it anymore. And then I asked my dad, and then what did you do? He said, well, like, it's like by the water. It's like a beautiful place. And it's really close to where we are. And I guess he has this long-term plan to continue expanding in this area. I don't, I don't really know what his full long-term plan is. But so he bought that, like this little lot with this little little like kind of cottage on it so he tells me the story <laughs> we're driving there and it's kind of a weird story and it sounds a little bit like some gossip and drama like I don't really know like who knows really what went down here but it's just complicated and then the end result is that he's like okay so basically we have this little lot but we can't we're, we're not doing anything with it it's surrounded by this farm where this woman lives we don't know her like of course we're not going to build something there because like her house is literally adjacent and it's kind of weird imagine yeah imagine having a small property surrounded completely by someone else's property and maybe the vibe isn't so good with that part like you know it's kind of like a like a little bit of a weird situation but he goes let's drive over there and you can see it and then maybe you know like in a couple years like if you decide you want to live in Sweden if you want to take over this property or you want to build something there or, you know, like maybe you could look into it's very hard getting a permit. And this house that's on the property is from the 1700s. So you're not allowed to just tear it down like it's, it has the cultural significance. You have to restore or preserve it in certain ways. But he's like, maybe we can just go look like maybe it's just like a like just like a thought. And I'm like, OK, like this sounds crazy. <laughs> but like, Let's go. So we drive over there. And we have to cross this woman's like house, basically, which legally you're allowed to do. Like if you own a property that's surrounded by someone else's property, there has to be a road so that you can access your house. Like that's that's just in Swedish, like that's just what it is. So we get there and we see this little cottage and it's it's just a dream. <laughs> like it's just... It's weird because it's a small lot surrounded very closely by another person's life. So it's like, it was very obvious, like, we're not going to live here like that. But it was just like, this whole property is just like a dream. 
we go into this cottage from the 1700s and it's, I've shared a little bit of it like over the past year because we've gone there a lot and it's so beautiful. I mean, it's like unbelievably beautiful and it's surrounded by this forest and it's just, it's it has this really ancient wood fire stove in there that you can actually cook on. I mean, it's so beautiful completely unlivable. <laughs> I mean, there's no water, there's no like electricity, there's no, um, you can't walk upstairs because the floor isn't stable. Like, you know, you, you couldn't move in, but just the place. And I remember like just seeing that, like knowing like this is not, this is not going to happen for us. Like this is not like it's my dad's little property over here. I don't know what he's planning to do it, but I'm looking around at this like farm, like the surroundings of it. And I'm like, well, imagine, imagine living here. Like this is like the dream of all dreams, right? And this was, yeah, over, it was like a year and a half ago. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. And then how that whole little, how this whole journey of ours ended was that we found this little cabin, this little cottage where we actually live now. And it was like a Hail Mary, hallelujah moment. My grandpa's old neighbors, where my grandpa used to live, ended up moving right as we were like looking for some place to live. And we were able to like get this little cottage, which is where we are now. And it's so beautiful and it's so amazing. And it's like, it was so unbelievably, like it, it felt like this crazy synchronistic thing. The week we were flying back to Aruba, we didn't know if we could come back because we had no place to live. Like all of a sudden, the people that had lived there for 17 years, they're like, we're moving. The house is available now. So we didn't buy this house. We fixed it up because it needed some kind of semi-urgent renovations. And we have invested in the space. Like I've made a whole garden around. Like, of course, we've put money and energy into the place, but we don't own this cabin where we are now. And you've seen it on Instagram. It's on a it's on a little cliff. So we have this unbelievable view here. But it's tiny. 
It's so tiny. It's the tiniest little cabin of all time. We are on top of each other. You know, Leia has to walk through our bedroom to get to her tiny bedroom. If anyone is upset about anything or we have a fight about something, there's no place to go. Like there's no separate room in the house. There's no privacy. The kitchen is tiny and it's just very cluttered and small. Like if we weren't three large people, I mean, Leia's not large, but she's getting there. And three dogs and three people who are very cluttered. Like we are very cluttery kind of people. I try not to be, but it's just like we're not the minimalists that I wish we were. So we knew always like this is not our forever house and we don't own this house. Like our dream is to own land and to own a place where we can settle and we can also invest into the future knowing that it's not going to be taken away, right? And I knew that making this garden here or building this garden here, like this might not last forever. You know, building these garden beds and buying in the soil and spending hours making the garden what it is. But I always knew like we might not be here in three years. So I'm doing it for the enjoyment of now. And then whenever we move, eventually, like I'll bring with me what I can. But of course, like I can't bring all. And one thing about this place where we are is (laughs) being on a cliff, like being on a hill, which is what gives you this beautiful view but there's no walking barefoot down to the water. We're not like in the forest. Like we don't have this like, you know, trees all around. We have neighbors really close by. Like there are certain things that don't fit in with that like visualized view that I had of where we would end up in Sweden, which sounds very picky. Uh, maybe, maybe some of you are like, well, this is <laughs> this all, you should just be so grateful for what you already have. Like I totally, totally am. But when it comes to manifesting a dream especially when it comes to long-term deciding where to live like I I think it's good to be picky like I knew what that little vision was of what it's going to be like to live in Sweden like I saw Leah and I walking barefoot to the water like I just I saw that like I know that's a part of it somehow and maybe it's not now maybe it's a 20-year dream and it's okay for things to be long-term dreams we don't have to think that we have to manifest everything that we want immediately like most of things don't work that way now somehow this dream (laughs) ended up being this very quickly so when we moved to the cabin where we are now we of course like I had this farm that I had seen that I known is owned by this woman I have it in the back of my head all the time. And we've been looking like since we moved in, like we've been looking, we know eventually a couple years, we're going to grow out of this house, like we need to move somewhere else. And I've been googling and I've been on this little app, but I have this like farm in the back of my head all the time. And then when summer came around, Dennis and I start going over to that farm, not not to her space, like not to interfere with her space, but we just started spending some time like in that little property in the middle because it's owned by my dad and we have a right to be there. And also I really wanted to get to know her. I wanted just to know the story. I wanted to know like, is there an in here or is this door just closed? I should just like let it go and we should go look in like Stockholm suburbia, like find another dream or something. And we start getting to know this woman just a little bit. You know, she was kind of hesitant to to talk to us and wondering like, are we going to yeah, what are we doing here? And are we going to build something now right next to her? And I was like, no, 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 like we don't own this. Like this belongs to my dad and we have no plan like here. We're just like taking care of this property a little bit. So all through this summer, like since the spring, actually Dennis has been cutting the grass on that little property. 
um, just tending to the land, like taking care of like weeds and things and clearing out some spaces because it was really, really overgrown. It was hard to even walk around that property. And of course, we had a little bit of motive <laughs> doing that, um, just wanting to have a little bit of presence there just to kind of scope out the, the space. And then as we get to know her, she starts telling me the story of kind of what happened in that old sale and she wasn't ready and it didn't feel right and it wasn't right. And then, but now years have passed, like she is maybe sort of ready to, to sell her farm and to, to live closer to her grandkids and stuff. And that started, uh, I think a six month, no, maybe more, <laughs> maybe eight month journey of us getting the thought of like, what if we could, what if we could buy the farm from her? Like, what if, because then we could be neighbors to my dad. <laughs> like, like, that would be really great, you know? Like, what if we could buy this farm? What if she would want to sell? What if, what if, what if? And it was an eight month journey because she was so hot and cold. And she would all of a sudden tell me, you know what, I'm ready. I'm going to put the farm on the market. It's going to go up here. I found a realtor for it. And, you know, you can come to the showing. I'll let you know. And I was like, great. That's amazing. We're so interested. Like, we love it here. It's so beautiful. Just let me know. And then the next day she would be like, hey, I changed my mind, actually. I, I, I really don't want to sell and I don't want to have a showing. I don't want people here in my house. And I was like, okay, you know, if you ever do decide to put it on the market, like we are very interested. So you can always like call me or let me know. And then we had those conversations just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to the point of <laughs> Dennis, was he was so frustrated. He was like, you need to drop it because it's not real. Like, it's just not real. Like, this could be a conversation that you're having for 10 years. You know, it's super clear this woman just isn't ready to move. Like, if she was ready to move, this would be on the market for a long time. Like, you know, and there's already this complicated sale in the background so he just felt like this is really like an unsteady situation to enter in any way at all. He's just like, just let it go. And if it's meant to be ever, like she will contact you, you know. But knowing me, I didn't let it go. <laughs> I was like, and the more time, the more times I would go visit, the more I really felt like, wait, like this, like look at this like grassy path down to the water. Like I just close my eyes and I see us like walking barefoot there. I could see us having animals there. I could see us like it's the most beautiful place I've ever seen. And every time I set foot there, it's, I, I would have this feeling like I, this is it. Like this is it. And we found that first Airbnb in the beginning of our trip to Sweden as a way to like lead us here because it's so similar, but it's in a much better location. Like it's right next to my brother five minutes from my brother. It's like 15 minutes away from my dad, 15 minutes away from my grandpa. My siblings are right there. It's less than an hour from Stockholm, but it's still like very secluded. And it's enough land that you could be completely self-sustaining. Like it's every dream I've ever had wrapped up into one. And the more I was thinking about it, the more I was visualizing it, the bigger and the more anchored I became in this dream. And I have spent, yeah, the past like eight months <laughs> journaling about this property every single day. And I'm going to, I'll probably like post some of it on <laughs> Instagram because it's so, it's so uncanny when you've had a dream and you're trying to make it happen, but just in your mind and in your heart, right? 
And then like a year, almost a year later, you end up in that place. And then you get to look at like when it was just a dream and then now it's here. And I feel like that process was very quick, crazy quick. And it's true what Dennis said, like this could have been a 10 year process. This could have been something that never happened. But I really had that feeling. Actually, she wants to sell. She's just nervous about selling to the right people or the wrong people. And I think the past sale probably was a little fishy, like probably didn't feel good that this guy was going to split the property up into six different lots. And yeah, and it really is this sacred, beautiful family place where this family has been for 30 years. Like, of course, it's sensitive. And at that age, like she's older, like change is really, really hard. Change is always, change is hard for me and I'm 34. Like change is hard for all of us. Imagine having raised your kids until they're grown-ups and then lived half your life in one place. And then all of a sudden, you know it's time to move. And I think she felt that it was for her mental health and for community. And, you know, it's impossible to take care of a property this size when you're almost in your 70s. Like, it's just, I think on one end, she knew, like, it's the right thing for her, for her health and well-being and for the family, for everyone to move. But it's hard. Like, change is really hard. And I think she wanted to get to know us and wanted to get to know, like, what are we going to do with this property? What is our plan? Are we going to split these lots up and try to sell them? Like, what are we going to try to exploit this place? Like, what is the plan? And slowly getting to know her, I was able to just explain, like, my dream, and it's a dream I've had for years, is to become self-sustaining, is to, <laughs> to be a farmer even though I, I've never farmed in my life, but like I, I see that path forward. Like I want to have a place where our kids can grow up and be barefoot and be out in nature all day, every day. I want to find a piece of land to set my roots and to tend to, like to take care of the land and then have that land take care of me in return. Like that's what I want. And I really think knowing that changed something for her, or I maybe it didn't, like who who am I to know? But I... I imagine it could have because all of a sudden when she started becoming more assertive and like, yes, I want to sell. Yes, I want to sell. Yes, I want to sell. And we started having those conversations. And then finally we were allowed to come see it because we'd only seen it from the outside. We hadn't seen the house. I didn't know is that like farmhouse in a good shape. What if it's full of mold? <laughs> like what if it's needs to be torn down because it's in terrible shape? Like what if we need major renovations? Like I didn't know like the the value or the worth of, of, of really anything. And we finally got to go visit <laughs> and have a real talk and a real chat. And it was so beautiful. I mean, needed, needed some renovations, but minor, minor stuff, like mainly paint. The bathrooms need to be redone. But like the floors are incredible. The structure, just the setup, the layout of the house is beautiful. The windows are amazing. They've taken such good care of this home. Like this, these are just very like caring people who've taken care of this home and this land in a beautiful way for three decades. And yeah, finally, when she decided, okay, let's go. <laughs> I want to sell. And then the journey of negotiating and then figuring out logistics and money and the back and forth. Like when that started, I feel like things just happened very, very, very quickly. Like it was just kind of like, it was like seven months of back and forth of like, will she, won't she? Is it happening? Is it not happening? Is it right? Is it not right? And then all of a sudden, okay, it's happening. And then boom, like it was so, so fast. 
And when it became like, it's real, it's she's selling like it's real. <laughs> and then it's, it's not just a dream, but it's like a dream becoming reality. That's when I recorded that podcast a couple of months ago, where I was like, I have some news. <laughs> there are huge news. I have something crazy to tell you. And then I was like, oh, wait, I need to ask Dennis if he feels it's okay that I announced this. Right. So I like I held my like, tongue and I was like, okay, wait, wait, I'll tell you next week. And then I went to Dennis and he was like, no, no. Like, I know you're so excited. But there's this saying in Papiamento in Aruba. It's like, no canta gloria. It's like, you're not supposed to sing or celebrate before the deal is done. In Sweden, we say, like, don't call it until you've crossed the river. Because <laughs> you might get distracted and fall in, right? I don't know what, that, what this English version of, but you guys know, you know what I mean. Like, don't celebrate, don't call it before before it's ready, like before you before you know the deal is done. And he was so right. Oh my God, he was so right. And the moment I was like, okay, wait, I'll hold off a couple weeks. It kind of started like once the deal was done and papers were signed and money was done, it kind of started this complicated process where it was challenging for her to move out. And I'm not going to get into any details around that. But I did have that feeling all the way up until we got the keys that maybe it won't happen. <laughs> Just a feeling of like, maybe she'll regret it. Like, I'm not going to force someone out of their home, even though we've signed papers. Like, you know, this is really important to me that this happens in a good, healthy, exciting way for both parties. Like, it's a win-win, which deeply, like I know in a very integrated way it was. But it was very, I think, challenging for her in the past, like weeks and the past months, just leading up to the move when it became very real. And I had that feeling like maybe it's not going to happen. Like maybe she'll change her mind. Maybe it will be very hard these months. Maybe, yeah, maybe she'll try to reverse the sale. Like that happened once before. So we decided like, okay, we're not going to say anything. <laughs> we're not going to canta gloria here. We're not going to call it until we have keys. <laughs> right. And it was two weeks ago, we got the keys. <laughs> and it was, I guess, two weeks ago that I told you about everything, about both baby and farm. Then it became like, baby and farm, it's all happening. <laughs> but actually, we've been kind of working on this farm. Yeah, since I knew it was, it was, it existed a year and a half ago. And then actively, like trying to acquire it for the past, like, seven, eight months, I guess. And then, yeah, just two weeks ago, we got the keys. And Dennis was like, okay, now you can call it. Like, now we have the keys. <laughs> We're here. Like, it's it's true. It's real. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, now I'm able to to finally share and, 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 and be excited about it and talk about it and be happy about it. When we moved from Aruba to Sweden, we weren't really sure what to do with our home in Aruba. We didn't want to sell the space that had so many memories and offered us a place to stay when we returned to the island. But what else could we do after moving internationally? That's when my husband came up with a brilliant plan. We can become hosts on Airbnb. Since starting this, I can officially say my husband had the best idea ever. The process of getting our property on Airbnb was so easy. We were able to ask other hosts for tips and got a lot of great feedback. And actually, we still get tons of good feedback and we're constantly improving our space. 
And Airbnb is really flexible. You just choose the dates you want to host. So if you don't have a full-time rental property like us, that's perfect too. Hosting on Airbnb is great for anyone who frequently travels or has the extra space or has a seasonal house or even someone who always goes away at the same time of year for family traditions or work events. We all know the cost of living is excessive right now, so you can get more out of your space when you host on Airbnb. The added income has been so important for my family and has given my husband a project to manage that he genuinely enjoys. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of a crazy story, I guess. I don't know. And I feel so, I mean, I feel so privileged. Like that is always, Dennis sometimes tells me, and he's told me in couples therapy, it's something we've been talking about sometimes that like my ability to manifest something sometimes scares him. That's something like I'll get an idea in my head of like, oh my God, this is it. And for him, it's just, it's, it's, it's too wild. Like it's too big and he can't see the steps there. And he can see it's like a nice dream, but like how on earth? And my brain works very differently. Like I can have any dream of anything crazy. And I'm like, well, I can make that happen. Like we'll get there. And I also don't know the steps, but I have this like unwavering faith in like, I can conjure things up out of thin air. And I don't mean to like sound cocky saying that it's just, something that I've been able to prove to myself again and again. Like if it's the right thing and it is the right time and the intention is right, like I can make that happen. Whether that's building a yoga studio with no budget without a loan, <laughs> like somehow we did that. Or it's, you know, like getting married. Like like that for me is also this like very crazy thing that I didn't see how we would like do like building this relationship because I didn't have anyone who really modeled a really healthy relationship for me but I could see it I just couldn't see the path there right launching the foundations was also really similar like I want to change somebody's lives like how are we going to do that like we'll figure it out let's go let's go but particularly when it comes to just yeah creating a project or manifesting a space or a place like I and I'm really proud of that ability that I have and we've talked about it in therapy because sometimes it's this point of contention between us. Like Dennis can be very, he, he, he's, he always says, I don't know if you watch SNL, but you know, the Debbie Downer. <laughs> Dennis can sometimes be the Debbie Downer from the SNL skit where I'm like, hey, what if, what if, what if we got this farm? <laughs> what if, what if we moved to this like five acre farm on the water and we like, have a bunch of babies and get a cow <laughs> and we manifest this unbelievable thing over here. Meanwhile, we're living in a house that we don't own. <laughs> we have, you know, like a house in Aruba that that we that we felt like we were losing everything from. Like we don't have any belongings. We don't have furniture anymore. He doesn't have a job. Like, you know, we have a lot of like, like little obstacles and stuff. And he's like, well... Like, that's not going to happen. And then I get annoyed that he's like, that's not going to happen. But he's just very realistic. And I'm just not, I guess. So anyway, sometimes even our process of creation is so different that we end up having like little fights or little issues around it. And then finally, when it was like, oh, my God, we're going to make this happen. Like, we are going to make this happen. We're going to move to alone. And then it's just like, but wait, like, we, we're not going to have money to furnish this house. Like, we're going to live in an empty house. And I got so pissed. I was like, honey. 
Like we can live in an empty house. <laughs> we can live, like we can get like camping furniture and like cook on the wooden stove. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Like, can you hold the fact that there is a possibility for us that we're going to manifest a farm and then just like be super excited about that with me? But he can get really stuck in the, but what if, and what if, and how are we going to, and wait, 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 you know, it's like, it's like overwhelming for him. And I can see that because I don't think many people's brains work the same way as as mine. And his his is much more realistic and looking out for worst case scenarios. And what if we like what if we can't pay for this? And what if all of a sudden this doesn't work? And and I think it's good to have both sides of that in a relationship so that you have one with a foot on the gas and one with a foot on the brake. And then you meet somewhere in the middle. And now, of course, we're in this place where he's like, He's like normally when when it comes to making things like this happen, he ends up on board with me, <laughs> like with the studio. It was also a long process where he was like, no, 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 it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. How on earth? Like you're crazy. And then all of a sudden we're there and it's kind of magical. And he's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> like, let's go, you know, poor... <laughs> Poor man. Like, I don't know if he knew what he signed up for when he when he married me. But yeah, we definitely have an interesting journey of of making crazy stuff happen. But so so yeah, so these past two weeks have been just a mixture of like renovating the house in a little bit of a panic because we really want to be there before Christmas. Uh, we can't. We don't have space to have anybody over for Christmas in the cabin where we live now. As soon as we sealed the deal and we got the keys, I grew out of this house. Like little things that I felt were quirky and cute. And it's okay that I'm always decluttering and putting things away. And it's okay that we don't have any counter space. And it's okay we don't have any storage space. And it's okay Dennis doesn't have any office or like, you know, we don't have a proper closet. It's all okay. Like it's all cute. All of that stuff stopped being cute and started being annoying by the time we got the keys because I was like, wait, we have a like a proper sized home that we're moving into. Dennis is going to have his own closet. Like Leia is going to have a closet of her own. We're not going to have stuff in boxes in the garage anymore. <laughs> we're going to have a kitchen with counter space. Like I can spread out and properly cook without the whole place turning into mayhem. The dogs are going to have space. Like we don't have space for each dog to have a dog bed. We just don't. And we have to like alternate getting dog beds from the garage, putting them in because we don't have the floor space literally for the for the dogs. We've started allowing the dogs on the couch, which they've never been on the couch. They're 14 years old. They've never been on the couch. And now they're on the couch because there is no place for them, for them to be. And I'm not complaining because it's a magical place and we've been so lucky that we were able to find the space and that we didn't have to buy something that wasn't right or long-term rent something and put down a huge deposit on something that wasn't right. So it's been beautiful to be here, but I'm so ready for space, like really for space. Just to have, you know how like most people have like a cluttered room <laughs> or a cluttered closet, or a cluttered corner, or you have a cluttered drawer, like everybody has one cluttered nook of their house, right? Where, where you, when you don't know where to put stuff, stuff goes into that little nook, right? You have that, please tell me, I'm like, you have that. Some people have a garage and like the clutter goes there. We don't have any nooks. <laughs> this house 
because there's no spare space. There's not a single spare cupboard. Like every square inch of this house has been used like meticulously. So there's when you find something that's cluttered or it's clutter or it's like, I don't know where this lives, there's no place for it to go. It's just on the kitchen table. So it's kind of like every time we're sitting down to eat dinner, I am clearing the kitchen table of stuff. And then it goes back on the kitchen table. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a... And you might ask yourself, well, why do you have so much clutter then? I ask myself that every day. Like, I really do. (laughs) I wish I could answer that. I just, I cannot answer that. But anyway, we have now painted and we have slipa how do you call it we've done the floors like the floors needed a little bit of work and um and that's it like that's all we really needed to do eventually we need to do the bathrooms but we don't have time we'll do that sometime next year and i hope we can move in on monday which is like five days before christmas or something crazy four days before christmas so we really are going to be moving in at christmas but just the idea of we're going to be in a forever place, like on our farm. I could cry saying that because I'm so grateful. And it's so, and I'm also so, so grateful for my dad. Like if he hadn't shown me, well, first of all, if he hadn't, if he hadn't taken the leap to begin investing in land instead of, he spent his whole life investing in companies and, um, I don't even know what he's been doing. Like he's just had a, yeah, he has an interesting journey, but he started investing in land, like actual land for this very ancestral reason because he wanted to be close to his roots. If he didn't go down that journey, like we, I, we wouldn't be here at all. We would be in an apartment in, in Stockholm probably that we, you know, we would be somewhere very different. And if he hadn't shown me that property, like if he hadn't taken that little leap, which he, and he, he keeps saying, he's like, I didn't, I don't know why I even went for that little property because it didn't make sense. It wasn't connected to his farm or to his land. It was just like, he's like, I felt like it was something like I had the opportunity, I had the ability and it was like in my back pocket for a rainy day. Maybe he thought he would sell it to someone else at some point. Like, I don't know. And if he hadn't shown us that, we wouldn't have found this farm. We would have never seen it. Like it probably wouldn't have gone on the market in a way where I would, it would have been even accessible to us, you know. And I'm so grateful now to be living close to him and close to my brother and that we talk every day and we see each other, like not every day, but a couple times a week. And we have this, yeah, we have this bond now that I really have been missing for almost all of my adult life. And it feels so special that Leia gets to grow up with her aunts and uncles and her grandpa and people who love her so much and people who really are her blood and her roots Um, right around the corner, you know. And I know now that we will be walking barefoot down this grassy path to the water. (laughs) Probably when I'm very, very pregnant, it will be warm enough for us to be barefoot on the land. I'm going to be seven, eight months pregnant by then. (laughs) And that's going to be a moment, right? That full circle moment from the first seed of this dream to actually taking that walk. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I feel so, so grateful, so happy, so overwhelmed. Like I'm overwhelmed with joy and positive, positive stuff. I have that little voice inside telling me it's too much. This is too much joy. It's too many good things. Something bad is going to happen. Someone's going to come take this all away. 
And I have to keep quieting that voice and saying, no, no, like we do deserve these good things. It, there's no such thing as too much of something good. And I don't have to apologize. I don't have to justify. I don't have to minimize. Like I'm allowed to stand tall in gratitude and enjoy for, for what we have now. And yeah, I'm well aware, like it can very easily be taken away. And I'm well aware, I'm so privileged that I even get to sit here having this conversation. And trust me, I don't take a single moment here, a single thing for granted. I'm just really, really weirdly happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was kind of a long storytelling, <laughs> storytelling story, but now you know the story of the farm. And... I'm going to show you a whole full tour. Like, of course, of course I am. And um, yeah, in terms of this like cabin where we live now, I think 200 people asked me like, is it for sale? Can I move in? Someone else is going to rent it now. I just, I don't know who. If uh, they want to put it like out for rent, I will let you know for sure. But yeah, I'm pretty sure another family is going to be renting here in a, in a couple months. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Um, we almost have our end of the year practices coming up. So we're going to do a big podcast processing this year and then a big podcast, the big one that we do about the intention setting for 2023, setting our intentions and goals for the next year. So those are some podcasts you can look forward to coming your way really soon. Um, until then, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful, beautiful week and I'll see you next Friday. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio and I'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.